Lincoln Independent Business Association and KLIN Radio. This is the Lincoln Business Beat, a weekly summary of news affecting area business and a review of interesting topics and issues. Along with LEPA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vail. Glad to have you joining us. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by Currency. Learn more at GoCurrency.com. Bud, uh, welcome to a few new members at the most recent LEPA lunch. Yeah, I've, this is always the fun the fun episode to be able to welcome new members, and we've got uh, about eight new members here in the last month. So That's great, uh, we're excited, uh, and and I'm going to give a shout out to one of our new members just because uh, his name is John Dannenbring, and he is with Alpha Omega Wealth Advisors. Uh, he and I had had some communication over LinkedIn, and he sent me a message and said I went online and joined Liba. And the reason I did is because I listened to the Lincoln Business Beat, and I about found out so much about Liba and what they're doing to try to help business owners. So the podcast actually <laughs> brought in a member, and I think that's awesome. So, and that's really that's been our goal with this podcast is to reach business folks and share what's going on in our community, and to reach business folks with relevant content. And I think that's the the key element. You can reach anybody with content, but if it's not relevant to what they're doing, it's not. It doesn't have a lot of value. Exactly. So I, w- I was pleased that John uh, reached out to me, and we had coffee last week, and just I appreciate him joining. So other other na- uh, other groups and people that have joined uh, Parish Neighbors Magazine, uh, Tara Peeper, uh, she joined Liba here just in the last week or so. Uh, Tell Kessler with Central States Hydraulic Services, Envelopes Plus. Tim Costello is one of our neighbors over at Calvert Office Park. Uh, Kernan Consulting, James Kernan. Scott and Libby Oliver with Ming Auto Beauty Center. Tim Dornbus at NAI FMA Realty. And Kyle McMurray at Play It Against Sports. So we appreciate them joining us. It's great to have uh, new members, and we look forward to getting them involved in LIBA. Absolutely couple of things. We're getting closer and closer to Election Day. We're under three weeks as we're uh, recording this podcast. Uh, one of the things that we've got to be uh, cognizant of, and it's well worth your time if you have not already voted, to go and make sure you understand the uh, ballot initiatives and the constitutional amendments. One in particular that uh, was recently the subject of uh, quite a bit of uh, news around the state and that's a constitutional amendment on, uh, what, airport funds? Yeah, airport funding. And so we did a, a little bit about this on the podcast previously, but I just want to keep that in mind in people's minds. So the the elevator speech, so to speak, is that this would allow airports to use the revenues that they receive to guarantee flights. Um, when a new airline comes in, they have to have a minimum revenue guarantee doesn't mean we write the check up front, but after a certain time period, we make up the difference between the revenue that the uh, airline received and uh, what the minimum guarantee was. And and so in the past, airports have been really limited by the state constitution of what revenue they can use. And so we we think this is good for them to open that up so that they can use, for instance, the Lincoln Airport owns a ton of property. They have a bunch of renters, different things like that, that they can use from their revenue streams within the state guidelines to be able to go towards those minimum revenue guarantees instead of having to go out and 
raise the money from private entities and things like that. So um, that's one that, and it affects seven airports across the state. It's Lincoln, Grand Island, Kearney, North Platte, Scotts Bluff, Alliance, and McCook. And so it, it, it's something that can really help those airports. And, and it's good for business to have more opportunities for their employees when they're traveling around the country for business. So that's one that we want to remember. Uh, we talked about it a while back. I just want to put it back in people's minds as we talk about elections. And it's gotten a pretty good bipartisan support. Yeah, I think when it passed on final reading, it was 48 to 1, 49 to 0. So uh, it was put on the ballot by the legislature. They felt it was a very important project. Minimum wage hearings that were conducted in all three congressional districts wrapped up this week. Yeah, we uh, the last one was here in Lincoln on Tuesday. Um, they had one in Omaha last week, and then the week prior to that, there was one out in North Platte. And, you know, people were showing up, and I think, as I said recently, I'm intrigued by some of the comments on supporters because this this minimum wage is a cost to business, and we talked about how it's inflationary. Ansley was in here, and we had a real great conversation. Um, so it it's fascinating, but so I've had the opportunity recently to meet with uh, students out at the Career Academy, and we've been talking about the intersection of government and business, and really coming from a business owner lens, how does government impact our businesses on a day-to-day basis? And I've seen some eyes get really wide when we start talking about all the ways uh, that the government entities, but I've asked them, and I don't get into my political beliefs, I don't get into my beliefs on issues with them, but I posed the question over the last couple of days to these students about the minimum wage and say, said, here's what the, the outline of the minimum wage is, what do you think of this? If you were able to vote, would you vote for or against it? And, you know, so far I've been in a couple of classes and I would say 85, 90 percent of them said they would vote against it. But then I go and I ask the question, why? Because I always like to hear how how they're thinking. And the response from them was, well, it's going to be a bigger cost to my business and it's going to cost me more, which as a small business, if I have to raise my prices, it could price me out of the market. I'm like, wow, these kids are 16, 17 years old, and they're having these thoughts. And then the other thought was, it may have, it may require me to cut staff. I might have to cut jobs. And so for those young people to be thinking that way, I was very impressed um, of their entrepreneurship mentality as we had this conversation. So again, the minimum wage thing, there were there were people on both sides that were there. Um, we had Katie Bollmeyer from our office who did a great job being out there testifying on on this, and it's it's one that I think will be interesting to watch on election day. Big changes coming up uh, in state government uh, by the time the legislature comes back into session in January. We'll have a new governor um, and several new senators. What are the priorities that Lieb is looking at going into? the uh, the session well we've talked about some of our priorities previously you know the east beltway is a big priority i'll give a shout out to engineer dingman she hosted a little group yesterday um to start having the conversation about the east beltway so it's it's on the forefront of her mind it's there's potentially some federal funding that might be available and so that's one of the priorities that we have uh transparency in government lower in regulation on business uh, taxes. Those are all priorities we've talked about, but 
We've had some conversations recently in looking at some of our past priorities and just making sure that they're included. And so the three the three that we kind of uh, came came around with were uh, requiring a vote a vote of the people to establish a, a joint public agency. We refer to those in as JPAs, um, just so that the people have a say in what's happening with those groups. They understand, you know, for instance, Pinnacle Bank Arena was a joint public agency between the city, the university, um, the city and the university, and there was a vote of the people in order to do that. And we want to require that um, just so that... that, Because they are a taxing entity. Yeah, they're a taxing entity. And so if you're going to tax us, we think that the people should have a say. (laughs) Funny thing, right? Um, Another one was... uh, uh, no, simplify and normalize voting. Elections would be a more efficient and increased voter participation if local elections were to coincide with elections for governor, the House of Representatives, the U.S. Senate, and the presidency. So we talked recently about how we have city elections every year, you know, every other year, but they're they're in those odd number of years where the voter turnout's low. And for, just from a, an economic standpoint, it costs about a half a million bucks to do an election. And so you figure it's about a million bucks to run the city elections. We already run elections, you know, six months prior to that. Maybe it's time to think about moving into those. And Lincoln and Omaha are really the only two that are affected by this. Omaha, it's their city council and mayor's office, and that's once every four years. But Lincoln, the school board, the county or the city council, um, the uh, airport authority, all those happen in those odd years. And we have it split up. So we think that's a good one. And then um, sales tax for schools, um, that's another issue that maybe is there a way that that can happen, and we'll see where that comes. So and That would go primarily to the local level, would it, would it not? Uh, yeah. So. so there'd have to be some, some local involvement in that. So we'll see where that one goes, and we'll just go from there. But those are just some priorities. We're sending out letters this week to all the state senators that will be back in the spring. Um, and outlining our priorities and saying we're here to help whatever we can do to um, whatever we can do to help you out. We'll be here to help you. And we'd like to be involved in the policy development process. We're getting to the uh, short days, uh, not many left before uh, November 8th election. But there's also some deadlines prior to that. Uh, if you have not registered to vote and want to do that by mail, you've got to have it postmarked by October 21st. And it, the online registration has to be done by midnight on October 21st. But there are some other election uh, options here and and things that you have to be cognizant of because this process is underway. Yeah. So, um, you know, you can you can go by the Election Commission and and vote. Uh, you can stop in and just get your ballot and vote while you're over at the Election Commission. Um, there's a ton of early ballots out there. I didn't calculate them yet this week, but <laughs> I calculate them about every 10 days or so. But there's been a, a pretty strong number. I think it's probably in that thirty-five to 40,000 range, which is fairly normal. You know, in 2020, we saw a lot higher numbers because of the pandemic. But this is kind of back to the, I'll call it, normalized cycle. Um, and then... Uh, you know, we, we've got the 28th is the first day the early voting counting board can convene and check envelopes and those kind of things so that they can start counting on Election Day. Uh, the last day for early voting is uh, November 7th. 
and you know in the small rural counties out there you can go to the county clerk's office or in the big three douglas county sarpy county and lancaster county you can go to your election commission and you can uh vote there the statewide general election uh as we call it uh I'll call it, uh, what do I want to call it, Woodstock for political junkies, uh, is November 8th. Um, the polls are open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. here in Lincoln. You can uh, get out and vote. If you want to check uh, your polling place, just because we had redistricting last year, and so now there's some new polling sites. So we have to deal with new polling sites. So you can go to the Secretary of State's website sos.ne.gov. You can go to their website. You can go to elections, voter information, look up, type in your first name, your last name, put in your county. It will give you your uh, precinct and you can get the information on where you're going to vote. And then also there's a place there you can click to get a copy of your ballot. And I really encourage voters to get a copy of that ballot. I've got one sitting in my car of my ballot because there are so many local races. We've got SCC board. We've got the Natural Resources District. We've got legislature. We've got county board. We've got, you know, the uh, statewide. We've got the governor, the state auditor, the s- attorney general, the secretary of state, the state treasurer. We've got a House of Representatives race. So there's a lot. It's front and back of a sheet of paper. Um, and it's just important, I think, for voters to go and get that information and be informed. You know, I want people to vote, and I want them to be an informed voter. So, Absolutely. And, of course, 8 p.m. Central, um, 7 p.m. Mountain Time on November 8th. That's when it all ends, and the counting and the reporting begins. The big, the big cocktail gets poured at 8 o'clock when the first results are going to pop up on the uh, screen, and I always say it's time to see the report card and see how we did. So. Not in my case, because I'll be right here <laughs> reporting those numbers. So, Well, that's too bad. We'll have to make sure you get a big cup of coffee for that night or something. <laughs> yeah, so. that, that could be. But it's, it's important for people to vote, and, and I just want to make sure people remember all those things happening. Yeah, educate yourself. Knowledge is power, and uh, right along with that, the whole process of voting is also equally powerful. Absolutely. I mean, that's it's one of the big things. I've been telling these kids at TCA that um, my grandfather fought in World War II. He was, he's a World War II vet. And um, he had two rules in his house. Well, he had a lot of rules, but two big rules he always talked about was patriotism. We're going to respect our country, and we're going to vote. And we have to do those kind of things. So... Grandpa, I know you're not with us anymore, but I hope you're watching down being proud that I'm carrying on that message. Yeah, my dad was a World War II veteran, and back in when I, when I first voted, you could only vote on Election Day. There was no, no other way. You either showed up and voted or you didn't vote. So. Well, you bring up a fascinating point, Mark, because it used to be if you wanted to get an absentee ballot, you actually had to, I'll call it petition, so to speak, or you had to send in a letter to the election commission and say, I'm going to be out of town or whatever the the rule or the reason was, and they had to approve it. Yes. There was actually a point where people had to get their ballot or their envelope notarized so that when they signed it, a notary actually watched them sign it, and then the notary would take the envelope and put it in the mail. That's That's where it used to be. I'm not saying that was a bad thing either, <laughs> but I mean, our our current Secretary of State tells the the story that he was out of the country one time 
uh, during voting. I think it was in the 70s. And he had to get his ballot. He had to apply. He had to take it to the, the embassy. And somebody from the embassy notarized it and mailed it back in so that he could vote. So anyway, we've come a long way and a short way all at the same time, I think. That's right. And remember, it's November 8th, 8 a.m., 8 p.m., uh, polling hours here in the in the central time zone, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. in the mountain time zone. We're going to take a deep dive when we come back and uh, look at, oh, budget. Another budget. <laughs> Boy, you know, you just light up with so much enthusiasm. When oh, I man. So. I'm I'm glad we're coming to the end of budgets, though, because my, my numbers are starting to spin in my head a little bit. We're going to look at uh, Lincoln Electric System budget process in just a moment. Do you need help finding reliable financing options for heavy machinery, trucks, or other equipment for your business? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the most competitive financing options for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, trailers, and other big-ticket items. And whether you're replacing old machines or expanding your fleet, Currency makes it easy to get that financing. It's secure and free to use, and it gives you a single point of contact for the entire process. Visit GoCurrency.com and fill out the application. Currency will automatically find a lender offering the best rates and terms. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com and apply today. Offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing, LLC, doing business as currency, pursuant to CFL License 60-DBO-54873. Utilities are a very important part of all of our lives, and a lot of times we don't uh, appreciate them until they're not there, especially when it comes to electricity. Boy, do we miss it when it's uh, when the lights don't turn on and when the refrigerator starts to warm up or the freezer items start to melt. Uh, but LES has got a pretty good record of uh, keeping the power on for the area, and it takes a lot of power to power the power company, if you will. And what I'm talking about there is the amount of money it takes to run Lincoln Electric System. Yeah, uh, you know, LES is going to have, I think it's this next week, they're having some public hearings on their their budget. Um, And so we try to be timely in our budget discussions in here. And I don't think we have any more budgets until we get to the state budget in... uh, in the next legislative session. So I think we're done with budgets for now, Mark. So I guess I'll just be over here. There is a higher I guess I'll just be over here trying to find other fun stuff. Um, But, you know, their their total budget proposal is $331 million. Um, Total operating expenses are $276 million. And then they have capital in there for another $55 million. Um, The thing about it is, you know, they're proposing a rate increase. and That's after five years without a rate increase. Um, And and it's a 4.8% rate increase. And so, you know, we've talked a lot about inflation. And we've talked about how minimum wage causes inflation, supply chain, which LES is experiencing, transmission costs, generation costs, all of those things. And so... A 4.8% increase, and that's just kind of the average rate adjustment across the board. Some will see more, some will see less. It just kind of depends on the different tiers, which um, I'm still trying to figure out all the tiers. But, 
you know, we're going to see it at home. We're going to see it at the grocery store. We're going to see it at the hardware store. It's going to be all, all over. So, um, you know, it's time to kind of brace for those things and be ready for those things. So their net power costs are up $3.5 million. Transmission costs are up $9.6 million. Um, and then they're trying to – they're working through a sustainable energy program at a million and a half dollars where they're trying to do some different things. So um, there's there's the rate adjustments that are coming. And I think as LES and I think other utilities move forward, especially in the electrical world, are going to have to start looking at um, what what are some ways that they can try to invest in other ways to generate energy and i know there's been a lot of talk um around town with some businesses on solar and how solar generation works and i've lived in communities where actually there were businesses that were generating enough solar power to power their business and then selling power back to the electric company um les is not quite at that point yet it may be something that they're going to have to think about because we've talked about growth on here. And as our city grows, so is the demand for power. And so we're going to need to generate more and uh, be in the power world. And so it'll be, it'll be important for them to pay attention to those things and pay attention to our generation needs as we grow as a city. Well, and the cost of generation is so... Uh, variable because of what it takes to fuel that generation, if you will. It could be the cost of coal, natural gas, other forms. Um, it, that's that's an unknown almost day-to-day, month-to-month, although they can plan out and do some, some contracting on it. But when the price of oil goes from 85 to $105 a barrel, anything that is oil-related, mm-hmm. which in the case of if you're delivering coal by rail price of oil and fuel for the rail has gone up and your costs have gone up. Absolutely. I mean, and, and it's, it's a, just... It, it's, I call it a trickle-up yeah. issue because the costs all trickle up to the end price. Exactly. And so, you know, it's it's their cost goes up, so then their cost goes on, and they have to do a rate increase. Well, then that, I mean, like I said, it, it hits us everywhere. It's, you know, it's here at the station. It's at the... The grocery store, everybody's paying more in power costs, and, and it's just all of those things, you know, as we've talked about the whole inflation thing, it just, it's, we're seeing it everywhere. And so supply chain, all these things are all coming to a big head all at the same time. We spend it, let's just use a dollar. What is a dollar? How is it split in the current LES budget? Um, the, the dollar in the LES budget, uh, is, is pretty, I mean, a lot of it goes to their biggest costs are obviously employees and, uh, uh, generation of energy. That's the, that's the big ones there. So if we look at it, our dollar goes 48 cents goes to operation and maintenance of the electrical system. Uh, 28 cents is going to construction, which is kind of that capital piece we looked at, uh, 19 cents is going to payroll and benefits and then uh five cents is for payment in lieu of taxes to local governments basically kind of a version of property tax so to speak so 
you know, a lot of it's going into the operation. Obviously, that's kind of all of our budgets. A lot of it goes into the operational costs. So with this uh, increase that they're projecting, 4.8% uh, system-wide, what does it mean for a, uh, an average homeowner? The average homeowner, if you use 1,000 kilowatt hours in a month, you're going to see about a 5% increase. Or, excuse me, a $5 increase. <laughs> 5%, $5. Um, so in that 5 bucks. You know, you're going to see an increase in that, but then also don't forget that we pay taxes on those bills and the city dividend. So I think it's probably a little more than five bucks, but I think your base rate's going up about five bucks. Well, it's it's uh, a utility that we have to have. Absolutely. Our, you know, it it electricity powers so much of our economy, our homes, our lives. Um, but yeah, anytime there's a, an increase that's passed on to the consumer. Uh, it means the consumer's got a little less money to spend. Absolutely, and that's that's kind of what we've been talking about for <laughs> almost feels like every week we have a little talk about how that gets just continually passed on down to the consumer. So we're we're going to see it in a lot of different places, and it just it is where it is. Sort of like having a, a vehicle, and you know there's going to be maintenance costs. You just don't know when and uh, how much it's going to be. At any given point. That's exactly right. You don't know when you're going to need the new whatever. Yeah. So, But in this whole process with LES, uh, they're in the process of what, almost finalizing the budget through their, their hearing process. Where, where are we right now as, as we speak today? So uh, October 21st, uh, the board meeting, um, they'll take action on it, and then it'll go to the city council. Um, there'll be a public hearing in November at the city council to talk about that. And then these rate changes will go into effect uh, January 1st of next year. So, you know, and here's the deal. We talked about minimum wage earlier. If that passes, that goes into effect in January. So we'll, we'll have to see what that does, you know, watching the economic reports in January, February, March, and how that impacts different things. LES does have, um, I think, some on their website that you can go in and take a look at uh, what their proposal might mean for your particular bill. Um, what is it, a bill calculator? on? The yeah, website? they have a, you know, I think there's all kinds of, calc you can calculate a mortgage and all those things, but it's les.com slash bill calculator. I almost said bill collector. Les.com slash bill call. I did it again, Mark. Les.com <laughs> LES bill calculator. And you can go on and calculate what's your proposed what the rate will look like for you. So it's a good way to check it out. And, hey, if you have opinions about this, engage. There's going to be a public hearing. Stay tuned. We'll share the information on the public hearing um, on what's uh, what's happening, what your thoughts are. There's a public hearing of the city council. It's important to show up. You know, decisions are made by those who show up, so it's important for you to get out there and, and let them know your thoughts. And, and from a perspective of working here in the newsroom at KLIN, I can tell you that uh, LES is very willing to talk with us about different things, and we've already talked to them once or twice uh, about uh, energy-saving tips, but if you're going to go do a bill calculator, uh, go on over to their energy-saving tips, because there are usually things that we may not be thinking about or things that we could be implementing to help uh, conserve or reduce the amount of power that we are actually using, and they've got a pretty good... Um, uh, piece on their website and and here again it goes back to your individual situation how can i how much can i save if i do this this or this 
So check that out because uh, it's a good way to see if you're uh, you know, wasting electricity, wasting energy, or whether there's ways that you can conserve it. And when you conserve it, you're going to conserve some of your own cash. Absolutely. And, you know, it's les.com slash home tips. That's a lot less of a tongue twister than the other one, apparently. <laughs> les.com slash home tips. You can go in and see ways you can save on your energy. Maybe it's the programmable thermostat. Uh, and you can change your thermostat. It might walk you through that, you know, just different things. So take take advantage of those resources. Maybe you can save 5 bucks a month to offset the $5 increase a month and help yourself out, right? Right, and, and for those that are struggling with this, there are also some uh, financial um, support possibilities, and that information is also available through LES. Yeah, they have financial incentives available for residential and business customers, um, on energy efficiency improvements and different things of that nature. Uh, and again, their website, les.com slash SEP, les.com slash SEP. Another great way for a business owner to look at maybe what can I do in my business? Is there an investment today I can make that's going to pay off for me and sustainable energy and different things? So uh, utilize those resources. Take a look at them. Don't forget about the public hearing at the city council meeting in November. Once we know when that's scheduled, we'll make sure to to pass that along. Well, it's been fun. Uh, anything uh, to to wrap up here? I, I know Liba had their uh, luncheon this past week. Uh, saw quite a few candidates at the uh, county level and had a pretty good um, pretty good representation i yeah. would say yeah we we wanted to give the the members an opportunity at our luncheon to hear from some of the county board candidates and the public safety candidates which is sheriff and uh county attorney um we had sheriff terry wagner was there uh for county board candidates we had uh cameron hall jason Kruger, and rick vess were all there and then pat conan was there who's running for re-election at the uh, on the county attorney and it was a good Good opportunity for LEBA members to hear them respond to things related to business. So uh, you can go on our Facebook page for LEBA. Um, that bi- that video was live on, on our Facebook page. You can go back and watch that if you want to hear about them. Coming up, um, we have our Coffee and Contacts on Tuesday, February. Or February. Holy smokes, Mark. What's going on with me today? The cold weather has frozen. The your- cold weather does have my brain frozen. So we have our... Coffee and Contacts is coming up on Tuesday the 25th. Uh, we're going to be out at Pepsi out there on Windhook down by 16th and Old Cheney area. Come out between 7.30 and 9. Check that out. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you made it this far, uh, share the podcast with your colleagues. Share them with your friends. This is we, we believe there's a good value in this information for you to pass along to people. And then also uh, next week we're going to have a guest in the in again and this time we're going to talk about an innovative thing a local company's doing uh with their work schedule and their work week for their employees so you want to tune in next week and check that out that goes right to the workforce uh, issues that we've discussed many many times and how one company is going to deal with that so yeah and i think it's it's good to share these ideas and what companies are doing just if it makes sense in your business give it a try or maybe it helps spur a thought so we look forward to that next week Till we cross paths again, I want to remind you this has been the Lincoln Business Beat. 
From the Lincoln Independent Business Association and KLIN Radio, reviewing and updating business owners and community members about what's happening in the business community in around Lincoln. Along with LIBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vale, reminding you Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by Currency. Learn more at GoCurrency.com.